You're listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 141. Mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with friend and fellow mental performance coach for the Dallas Mavericks and the Texas legends, Michael Franco, to talk about his journey and what motivated him to be a mental performance coach. Michael shares the importance of tapping into your most authentic self and being about your work every day. Tune into these two mindset coaches where they both share their grad school stories and what it took to get their careers headed into the right direction. What would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? NeuroPeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely, anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit NeuroPeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. interested in a full body resistance training system to achieve your athletic and fitness goals, the Mass Suit from Juke Performance is your answer. The Mass Suit is a full body resistance training suit that you wear during your exercising or sport specific training to enhance your speed, strength, power, agility, and endurance. You are fully mobile and it's great for plyometric and high intensity training. It engages all muscle groups simultaneously and increases to a 50% caloric burn. Check out the mass suit at jukeperformance.com and other fitness-related products and make sure to use the promo code GRANTPAR, one word, G-R-A-N-T-P-A-R-R, for your 10% discount. Mike, my man, how are you? Doing awesome. Thanks for having me. You bet, man. Well, you know, this is a, for me, and this is going to be a little selfish, selfish uh, plug here, but I'm, I'm really excited to have you on my show and, and the listeners don't know this, but Mike and I go way back. Uh, we were actually um, call us, you know, besties during our grad program uh, when we went to JFK university to get our master's in sports psychology. And, um, and I'm just super excited to not only to have you on the show to talk about your mindset as a mental performance coach, but just to understand your journey, understand mental performance, all things, if you will, because we're going to be talking about a lot of different topics today, but also dive in a little bit about your role as a mental performance coach for the Dallas Mavericks and the Texas Legends. So, man, I'm, I'm super pumped to have you on the show today. Yeah, dude, it's been a while. I mean, we always have kept in touch since we were in the, the trenches of grad school. So it's, I actually remember when you were first starting the podcast uh the final semester i believe so okay. it's pretty cool to see the growth the guests you've had on have like just just you've been keeping at it and now it's you know you're too big time now so <laughs> <laughs> so i appreciate it for awesome. you fitting me in awesome, alongside man. you know people like drew bledsoe etc <laughs> well i love it man well i've always appreciated uh your energy and your mind and um you know, and after, you know, the years that you and I have put in after our grad program, um, you know, not only am I just interested on what goes between uh, your two years there, but I know that my, my listeners are going to enjoy it too. So with that being said, you know, you and I, we talk about mental toughness all the time. We teach it and it's something that's on the forefront um, 
for mental performance coaches, but also for athletes and coaches. So when you think about the word mental toughness or the words mental toughness, what does that mean to you? To me, mental toughness goes back to, you know, using this from George Mumford, the, you know, mindfulness and performance expert who was with the Chicago Bulls, LA Lakers, the Phil Jackson teams, Kobe Jordan, author of the mindful athlete, but going back to his analogy of the eye of the hurricane that really kind of encapsulates mental toughness for me. And that's essentially, you know, there's the hurricane and the the crazy storm going all around everywhere, but you want to be that calm center in the eye focusing, you know, just on the task at hand, being present while still being true to you, no matter what's going on around you. And in that, I had the hurricane analogies always stuck with me. And to me, that is what, what mental toughness is, is can you be grounded, present in the moment, focused on the task at hand, no matter what is happening. And, and that's it. You know, it's, <laughs> it's so funny. Cause I know my listeners are going to, uh, they hear me say this all the time, especially when I ask the question about mental toughness, I would say after, you know, the total of almost 150 episodes or so, um, pretty much every single person has answered that completely different. And that's why I love asking the question, right? However, when anybody asks me that question, when I'm on another podcast, I always say that it's, it's conquering the emotional hurricane and getting in the eye of it. Like what happens to the, in the eye of a hurricane is calm. And that's the goal. I think as performers, whether if you're trying to be mentally tough or you're trying to overcome adversity or a stressful or pressurized situation is to get into it and get into our breath. So you and I, that's the first time someone's ever brought that up with the same, same answer. So that's awesome, man. <laughs> well, we were cut from the same cloth in grad school. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure that was coming and uh, but it. It, to, it's, it's just real to me. It's, it's just a real great analogy. It, it, the the storm can be whatever you want to make the storm out to be. Sometimes it's smaller storms, sometimes it's larger storms, but totally. ultimately at the end of the day, like when we're talking performance, you know, and we'll get into it more, I'm sure, but that's as what you hang your hat on is you want to be that calm centered eye. Totally. For sure. Now you played, you know, I know you have a passion for basketball um, and you've played basketball as an athlete. So when you, when you think about, either being an, an athlete or a mental performance coach, can you share a specific time where you had to be mentally tough or maybe you coach somebody through a situation where they had to be mentally tough? It's like, so my non-impressive career in sports, you know, <laughs> pretty much ended in high school, but a couple of things come to mind. And the first one, like for me as an athlete, doesn't really have a specific situation that I feel but more so like in, a, in, in a, the career as a whole in terms of the teams we were in. Like I grew up in a small town in Monterey Bay, Pacific Grove, California. And, you know, small public school. I'd known my friends, you know, since elementary school. And so to me, like that mental toughness in a sense came from like the camaraderie of the team. And I'm going to say, you know, we all played pretty much every sport, but football is where it really showed for me. And I had great coaches on both sides, like amazing coaches. And it was just like, I just remember the the rallying of, as a team, you know, the camaraderie in the locker room, but that, you know, holding each other accountable, picking each other up in games. And it's just kind of like that overall arching team camaraderie thing, especially in football. And 
you know, basketball too, but like just there's something, I think football more for me just because more of our friends played. Mm. The team is larger. Obviously we've all known each other for a long time. So we had like a genuine care for each other. Yeah. To me, like that's, I know it's not a specific circumstance, but just that as a whole. Got it. Like that as a whole just taught me so many things and just seeing, you know, what the power of a group can do when you're not making it about yourself, when you're, when, and you don't even know these, you're doing these things when you're a high schooler, right? You're just trying to play. But looking back, looking back, it's just (laughs) like, yeah, like we were mentally tough because like, you know, we, we cared, we cared about each other. We rallied with each other and, but it stemmed from the leaders, the, the head, the head coaches on both football and basketball. And so, but the, the basketball coach also, also, he was like our offensive coordinator. So the program itself from a young age, like, because we were such a small town, small school, you were just really ingrained in it. You knew everybody, you knew all the coaches from every sport. So it, it was very like much a great all around program. Yeah. So that, that would say that from a high school experience, like when I played, when I actually played sports, not counting, you know, random places at the gym outside of college <laughs> right. or like intramurals or anything like that. Right. But yes. Yes. I would say if I had to get into a specific time period too in my life as a mental performance coach, I think it was those first few years after grad school when you, or in, even in grad school, it's just like the amount of mental focus and I guess toughness as you want to say, as we just defined it mm-hmm. to be in grad school going through that, whether it's financially doing the, the school work, learning new things every day, the internship while still trying to like be with your girlfriend, family, like, and just trying to live at the same time, hang out with friends. And then also on top of that in sports, like, you know, jobs aren't very much like prevalent right after school, you either become a consultant or figure it out. Right. And so just the ability, I was very impressed with my own ability looking back is just to be so like relentlessly focused and do whatever it takes almost to a fall at times. But that was the biggest mental toughness time period of my life, probably year 2014 to like 2017, 2018. Like that was some intense years. Yeah. Some years of growth for sure. Well, you know, it's, it's uh, two things. I mean, when we, you and I, you know, we shared, a similar experience when we got out of our grad program and even in, in the middle of our grad program, it's about, it's about balance. And it's when you're actually going to school and, and work and you have family and your relationships, you got all these moving parts. And so that the ability to be mentally tough during those type of situations um, it's tough, but when you can connect with it and manage all of it and get through it, it's, it's kind of a cool experience. And and I'll speak to the, the experience that you have in high school. Like there is, there is something about when you're a part of a culture and everybody's on the same page and striving for the same common goal, but we're all being mentally tough together. There's like a feeling, there's a frequency, there's a connection when you wait. So it's pretty cool when you go through those, those type of experiences as an athlete. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's like an unexplainable power. Yeah. And it's uh definitely like you know you realize how hard that is to create too after being around multiple teams in sports and, <laughs> right. and like that's like something something I, I guess when i'm in high school you think everyone has it but like looking back i was like yeah that was that was a cool moment I was, i'm thankful for it totally big time now let's go back to 
kind of your passion for being a mental performance coach. Like what was, mm-hmm. what was the motivation or what was that time where you, when, what was the motivation to be a mental performance coach and, and what made you uh, make that decision? So some backstory because it is like a, a layered thing, but, but I mean, when I was in regular four-year college and, you know, I always wanted to work in sports, right? That seems to be like the general path when most people become mental performance coaches. It starts with like, I want to work in sports. So, okay. I tried out doing sports radio in college. There was, we had some great classes doing like media. I did some like writing for the new school newspaper, uh, just random little things, you know, writing articles, interviewing people like the typical sports media, but it, it was, it was good, but it never really like clicked. Right. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of like, it was cool, but it wasn't like, man, it was missing that feeling. I was like, I wanted to do this the rest of my life type of thing. Right. And so, you know, you, I worked in hotels a lot, fast forward a few years, right. And working in hotels for me, I worked in like very high level places. Um, I was able to be around a lot of like cool athletes and high level people and clientele that came to the hotel, which was cool. Like, enjoyed it. It was, it was fun being around here in the stories and, you know, I just learned how to be around that type of, that type of clientele and seeing how they act, how they think, because most people at the hotels I'd be at the stay for, they'd stay for a long time, like a week or so. So you kind of got to know them a little bit through your, your time there. Anyway, fast forwarding through there, right. There's a period of my life. Again, I worked in hotels for about, you know, four or five years, maybe longer. I can't really put a time, time mark on it. Right. Anyway, gets to the point I leave hotels cause I'm just, I'm tired of working in the hospitality industry. Um, take at, a couple things happen. I go through a corporate job, end up getting laid off. So I have no job. I'm living in uh, Santa Clara. I'm a part of a gym down in Santa Clara called fitness never sleeps FNS training uh, run by Brian Nunez and He's awesome, incredible trainer, incredible owner. He's, you know, Nike sponsor now, Nike sponsored trainer, like great dude, played football at San Jose State. And and he had someone come speak to us. They were doing like a fat loss competition or a body weight percentage loss competition. And someone came spoke to us named Adam Saucedo, who was a JFK graduate as well. Oh yeah. Uh worked with San Jose State teams, I believe. And you know, I haven't talked to him in a while and I probably should. But he came and spoke to us about like confidence. This is like 2013, I believe. So like a year before JFK and talked to us about confidence. talked about, it's about focus. And honestly, I don't really remember exactly what he said, but when he was saying it, I was like, man, this is it, you know, and (laughs) I don't have a job at this time. So I was like, this is it. (laughs) Right. So I, I, and I, I you know, I'm not a huge, like take the initiative talker, at least at that point in my life too. Mm. So I went up and asked him a bunch of questions and it's like, you know, for me to do that at that time, I was like, okay, like, like, man, (laughs) I was like really interested. So he told me some books to read and recommended going to grads, like not pushing it, but like, here's the path he did going to JFK. And so I read the books and, and I was like, yeah, I'm so down for this. Like I'm, I'm ready to go. Like I'm all in type of thing. And that's, a long answer, but I felt like the background was necessary. And that's, that's kind of how, how I got into it. It was just, uh, I felt like all those years leading up to it kind of set me up for that moment. That's why I mentioned the hotel thing and all that. Like, it just totally. felt like it all led to that, to being like, okay, this is it. Because I was never searching for it either. 
I wouldn't say I was searching for it. It just kind of like randomly happened. Right. Well, I think we all have a, uh, no matter what it is, you know, especially if it's our purpose in life, there's, there's a path to it and it's kind of cool to reflect on it and kind of see the, the evolution of it. I know I was searching for it when I was looking for my purpose. I just didn't know what it was. But um, when I heard Desmond Howard talk about a, a, a sports psychologist on ESPN, I was like, whoa, well, what's this? You know, mm-hmm. and then as I started to learn about it and research it, I was, you know, I was like, yeah, this is it. And then, then when I got to, into the grad program and started talking to you, and then you introduced me to, to Graham Betchart and I saw Graham do his thing. I was like, that's how I want to do it. So it was like yeah. this like cool evolution of things on my end. So, um, so it's kind of cool that you reflect on it and, and you can kind of see the path that you've taken. Yeah. And it's, you know, like, standing on the shoulders of giants. I think I was, I've heard that phrase before and that's kind of how I, I feel like it went, you know, just get influenced by other people. You put yourself around also like great people too. Like if I didn't go to that gym session that day, I mean, who knows? Totally. In terms of like, it was a voluntary thing. I almost didn't go. It was Mm. just kind of like a kickoff event type of thing. Totally. And I was like, ah, we'll just check it out. And here we are. (laughs) Here we are. Well, you know, you talked earlier about, um, you know, when you get out of a grad program, for the most part, I, I would say in, in, in most fields, especially in sports psychology, you get out of your grad program and it's kind of hard to get a job. So what advice would you give a grad student right now that just graduated from a sports psych department or, you know, program? And what would you do differently when you, when you got done with your grad program? Okay. So I think there's a few parts to this. Like first, like when you're in school, right? Look, you want to be focused on your schoolwork and making sure you understand things and do a good job. But the second piece of that is in this, again, is my experience. I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but like, so whatever I say, take it, take it in that lens, right? This is no, there's no right way. There's no wrong way, but it's also keeping in mind, like you're in grad school also to be building connections. You're in grad school to, you know, learn from others outside of school, like talking with your, your colleagues and your classmates. And you know, maybe it's just emailing someone that you look up to, like, you know, how we've done with Graham when we were in grad school, right? right? Like, there's a lot of people that are willing to help out, especially in this industry, I feel like with the sports psychology. And it just takes some initiative of, of starting the relationship process. And what I mean by that is, not hitting someone up to try to just take from them. It's also just like staying connected. Here's what I'm doing. Right. Is there anything I can help you out with? Or maybe just taking the next step of like seeing what their work is like and maybe, Hey, can I help you out in this area? And maybe they'll say, no, they don't need help or they don't want it. But I mean, you just stay in touch, you stay in contact and right. doing it from a genuine space too, not doing from a space of like, I'm just trying to get a job. That's not going to work. Right. Like everyone I talked to was never the intention to get a job. It was the intention was to learn mm. and, and learn from others because I was like, I want to be good at what I do. I'm, I need to, you know, learn from the, the people that are great at what they do. It's just the natural process of learning and acquiring knowledge. Right. The other thing I'll say with that is that takes though, grad school so demanding like it takes you also almost scheduling it in if I can't get so caught up on writing these discussion posts 
and trying to get a good grade and sucking all my time with that. <laughs> like, like just keeping that bigger picture in mind because it's so easy to like want to get the grade, but I've never been asked about a grade in my life since grad school. Right. <laughs> so I'm not saying that's why I'm going to say, I'm not saying not, don't try to do your best and not get good grades. Like it's still important, Right. but it's, there's, there's other things at play and it's a unique time in your life I feel like where someone's willing to help you out just because they say you're a student yeah if you're not a student that email gets kind of pushed to the side I'm sure or you know <laughs> people are still down to hell but when you say you're I'm a, a grad school student it's almost like a green light you know totally you know and 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 I want to ask you a little bit like what you do differently but I want to add a little bit what, what you were saying because you know what was really interesting when I was in my grad program with you uh, I was, I was knee deep in my sales career and I'd been in it for, at that time, it was what, 15, 16 years, a uh, total of 17 years in sales. So like the whole networking, the, all that, like, to me, it's, it was easy. It's, I understood it, but because I was so involved in getting that grade that it was, it, to be honest with you, I don't know if you know this, but it was you that made me go, oh, I, I got to start doing this now in the middle of it. Cause I was like, I'm going to wait until I'm done with the program to get clients. I'm going to wait to the program to, to, to build my brand, to reach out to people. But when I saw you reaching out to Graham, DK, um, all these other authors, I was like, I remember you and I were talking when I was going to a San Jose sharks game, I was in the parking lot, got to the game really early. And you and I were just after a class, we're talking on the phone. And I was like, man, he is like, he's doing it. And I, and I was getting so caught up in the minutia of being a student. And I think it's, it's, you make a great point. It's, that's one of those things, another ball that you have to manage is another moving part, but it's worth it. It's the big picture is, is to build that relationship. And that's what being a mental performance coach is hands down is building relationships. Mm -hmm. All the other stuff comes behind it. So it's a great point. Yeah. I, 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 did not know that. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> who knows what I was ranting about that day. Cause I, I always had a lot of rants during grad school it was a, ma a maddening time for me at times. And, but like, yeah, it just, it just, to me, that's, it was, it was just a twofold process. And of course, and did I make things more difficult on myself? Like, yeah, for sure. Um, school wise at least, but it was worth it looking back. Like it was definitely worth it. And I think also it's just like, put it, it's just that little extra effort, like also starting another a thing I would say, which I actually wish I did more of. Um, but JFK did a good job with, you know, setting up our internships. So we had four real oh. life internships in that Big last time. year, but also like just starting with where you're at is like, just even honing the skill of speaking or going to talk to a team for five, 10 minutes for free and doing that. Cause everything I did was for free in grad school. And even like a year after, like yeah. there was a lot of free, <laughs> but also like, like that's just the path I chose to take, but doing that to like hone my skills, a lot of just like going up to meet people to talk. Like I lived in Monterey and I drove up two hours to like talk with DK one day, you know, to talk to him for like 30 minutes, you know, that path, we go down that path later, but like, it's just that putting that little extra effort in that was, but when, and it, what Graham Betcher told me when I met him that first quarter really stuck with me is like defining to be all in, to be successful at that like in being all in in what that really means 
and that's just how I took it as all in was a lot of people like to talk about being all in, but you have, you have to be about it in those moments, yeah. you know, when not being, I don't want to drive two hours to do this or that. It just depends on what you value and what you want to do in defining that. But to me, all in was like, yeah, I'm literally like, all in. like whatever opportunity comes up, I'm going to just try to take <laughs> advantage of it while I'm a student and paying all this money. And totally. <laughs> like, like, get yeah, like, that's what, that's what all in was for me. And I still try to remind myself of that this day. And I mean, I can go into things I would do differently. Sure. Um, if you want to go there, but, but yeah, that's, that, that's the mindset I took on throughout grad school. Yeah. That, let's do that. And, and I know, um, and I'll just share a little tidbit because I know you've probably heard this, this conversation from Graham Betchart before, but I remember when I was going through that program and I was still wondering when to like completely leave my, my corporate life. And because it was all about money at the time. And so mm. I remember, and I'm sure you've heard this from Graham, but he's like, you know, dude, you're going to get to the edge of the cliff. You're going to look down. You're going to go, holy shit, this is scary as hell. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to ask you to jump off. And he, and I'm like, okay. And he goes, and guess what? You're not going to die. You're actually safe. You're good. If you love what you do, you're going to fly, dude. You're going to fall and you're going to fly up and you're going to actually do it. But you got to jump, man. You got to jump off that. And you can only imagine if people know Graham when he gets, you know, pr pretty passionate and intense with his message. Yeah. He gets, In so that moment, going. man, I was like, okay, I'll jump. I'll jump. <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess I'm not sure how many times you've actually mentioned him. I'm sure you've had him on your show, but oh, like, yeah. look, Graham is, Graham is for everyone listening. He's a mental performance coach. Um, he does so much more than that though. But you know, he was big in basketball has trained multiple number one draft picks just kind of like uh, it's taken a lot of people under his wing and mentorship at least with yeah. um the sports side community so he's awesome he's incredible and so we may reference him a little bit but i also i also do want to say though with um something else that you need to do while you're in grad school one to really enhance sports psych i feel like is you have to do the work on yourself also like you have to actually be about it like i talked yeah. about being about it like in terms of like being all in with your actions but like being about it in terms of actually applying the work on yourself you say one of you want to be into mindfulness well you better start practicing mindfulness every day and and really living out the principles you teach because that'll not only take your teaching to another level because people will feel it in the way you speak and the way you go about yourself but you got to actually like be about these skills you're teaching and not cool. just regurgitating something you learned in school just because that's how you learned it. Like right. It's got to be applied on you and doing personal work, even outside of graduate school. I think that's super important too. I think it's huge. I mean, you, you gotta be your work. I mean, that's, I think it, it's kind of being inauthentic where you're telling people to do all these things because it's going to make you great, but then you're not doing it. It's uh, you know, that's right. There's kind of a weird paradigm to live in if you're going to do that. Yeah. And there's another layer to it. I feel like, and this is just part of, I guess the self-discovery process, but doing these things as a, how it is true to you. Yeah. Like, you know, teaching it true to you and your through your voice, your experience is also. Totally. For sure. So like I'm sure we teach some of the same concepts, but they're just different in the way we teach it just because I'm being me and you're being you. I'm not trying to be anyone else. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, and it's, that's a great point too, because as much as that I see Graham I, and I feel like with my approach, depending on what I'm talking about, the mood I'm in, like my, the energy that I have, 
I feel that I always try to bring it, bring the juice, bring the, the energy, but there's a part of me too, that as much as I want to like, like, I love the way that Grant presents it. I love it, but I want, I want to be Grant still. I still want to have, I want to bring energy, but I don't want to like move like Graham. I don't want to use all the same vernacular as Graham. I use some of it for sure. But, but I think it's like you said, you got to stay true to yourself. Yeah. And that is a, to me, that's like a lifelong process. I mean, we're trying to get there every day. <laughs> totally. Using something again, I mean, nothing's new. I'm not creating anything new. Everything, no one's really even created anything new in terms of, <laughs> like what we teach in sports psych it's, right you can go back to the samurai times and they're still visualizing back then totally. so it's just finding you know how am i going to present this in my voice and how it rings true to me and ultimately people will be attracted to it because of you as the person because right not to discredit our work but i can look up on youtube how to do certain things <laughs> <laughs> big time <laughs> <laughs> yeah it all it's all it's all with that energy and it's all uh, the being authentic and how you deliver it. I mean, like you said, like you think of like, um, you know, visualization and meditation and mantra. I mean, th those are thousands and thousands of years old, those techniques. And so we're, we're all going out there and, and, but we're putting our own energy, our own stamp on it, which I think is to be honest with mm -hmm. you, what's fun about our job is that mm -hmm. yes, everyone's kind of teaching the same stuff, but we actually get to become artists. We get to actually get creative with, the way we do it, acronyms, you know, using different kinds of stories to kind of connect the lessons. That's to me that that becomes like the fun part of the job. One of the fun. Yeah, no, I definitely, I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of people is like, like this job is twofold in the sense of like, we are, I frame myself as a coach. I know you frame yourself as a coach, right? Yeah, totally. And that's just the way I want to frame myself. And that's even the title mental performance coach is what, my title is with the Mavs and legends, but also like, this is art. Like to me, it is an art. I don't know when the creation process is going to strike. I, I literally <laughs> have no idea. Sometimes it's like six in the morning. Sometimes it's two at night. I might wake up with an idea or something like oh, a cool video I can make to maybe this will resonate. How can I repurpose like something for the team, you know, that might hit with the young guys. Yeah. Cause me talking is not going to be, <laughs> very effective <laughs> like just me talking you got to be creative in your approach and and have it toe that line to where you got you know the guys well enough you know the team well enough or the people you work with well enough where it's going to hit with them they won't think it's corny maybe a little bit but still gets the point across like that's where i feel like the deep work the art comes in is is whether it's through podcast writing content creation like yeah we are kind of like essentially media companies at the same time too in a sense in terms of how you wanted to deliver the goods <laughs> um, everything's exactly. media now like this we're, <laughs> this podcast is media so totally I, it's just definitely like looking at it from a point of view too as we are so much more than just coaches but it's like yeah it's it's an artist yeah so there's man. a lot of great books steal like an artist like that's cool. another great book um austin cleon wrote and just to get you fresh ideas like you don't have to always create original stuff like just make it your own big time Big time. And you know what? I will say this when you were talking about going back a little bit about networking and bringing something to give. Uh, there's a great book that's called The Go-Giver, not The Go-Getter, but The Go-Giver. And it's all about networking, but how you give. It's not about getting anything back, but just giving. The more you give, the universe will take care of you and it will come back. 
but it's a cool book. And it actually was really cool for me when I started running my business because my whole life was about networking was what can you give me, man? What can you give me? How can you position right. me? You know, so it, that's actually a, it's a huge lesson when you're going out there and trying to promote yourself is uh, just to put be mindful of what can I do for you? That's it. What can I do for you? Right. Yeah. Giving with no intention of anything in return. Yeah. And you know, the irony of it is it always comes back. <laughs> yeah. And it may not be right away, but you know, the more people you help out, you I mean, it's word of mouth is a powerful thing. Totally. Also, totally. And it's, but it's also, it's like, how do you just want to, how do you just want to be, how do you want to live? Um, those are all big things. And I do want to say, you know, as I, as I continue to dictate this podcast, <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, I love do, it. I do want to say also, you know, going back to, to what I was saying about being all in with grad school, there was definitely like aside what wish things we wish we could have done differently. Yeah. Honestly, from the grad school perspective, from just the work, I don't think there is anything I would have done differently. I really don't. I think I did it the way I wanted to do it and it worked out great for me, but I will say the other side, and this is kind of like the dark side of, of it. And I wish I was more aware, but I was so hyper-focused, like, you know, the, my friendships back home and mm. even just, just the people that I grew up with, like that stuff, that part of my life suffered a little bit. And now, you know, we're good now, but at the time, you know, I wish I just had a little more fun. Yeah. Didn't take it as in, in terms of had more fun with my friends while I was in grad school. Cause you know, I could dictate my hours and whatever I wanted to work on whenever, but okay being a little less like intense about that and just, you know, having some more, just hanging out at a friend's house more and, and, and just enjoying things a little bit more overall. Yeah. Um, whether that's relationship wise, friendship wise, like just, just life itself. Uh, Cause I, I was definitely heads down, like heads down doing, doing what I needed to do. Right. And it felt right at the time, but looking back, it was just like, I do wish I did more of the social scene for sure. Well, you know, you and I, we talk about, I know this, uh, we're big into to teaching people and ourselves to tap into our joy. And, and for me, it's like the most beautiful emotion out of all of them that I tap into. Um, and we can, no matter how much work is on our plate, uh, depending how much we have to commit ourselves to doing whatever role it is, whether you're being a student in a relationship and you're balancing all these different roles, you can still make time to have joy. You can still be joyful with, with people and not be so heads down. Now I was the same way too. I had a full-time job and I just got married and I, and so I, my friends didn't see me for two years um, and I was okay with it, but I didn't realize that I could actually have that, the, you know, the opportunity to have the friendships because, mm -hmm. you know, I was out of school for 17 years. I, was, I went back to school when I was 40. So I was trying to like find the <laughs> rhythm of like, how am I going to do this again? So um, a little bit different dynamic that I was dealing with, but I didn't realize that I could have more joy out of what I was doing. Yeah, it was, it's, it's so, at the time it felt hard to yeah. really like put into perspective because it was just such a beast. And, you know, even for me, like I'm sure for you going into grad school, you, the, one of the first things I was told before I was even accepted is like, oh, there's not really jobs in this industry. So like that already kind of set the tone off the start to like from the jump, you know, like, yeah. so yeah, looking back, that's what I would recommend for others. And I can't tell you how your life is the way your life is and how it's structured and whatever's going on. But that's what I would, that's what I would, I wish I would have done more. 
Got it. Got it. Well, now that you've, you know, you got your grad program, um, and now you're, you're, you're living the life, man. You're having an awesome career. You're working for the, the Dallas Mavericks, also the Texas legends, which is, you know, the G league team for the Mavericks. But when you think about all the hard work that you've done to get to this point, when you think about the most rewarding part of your, your job, what is that? And what's the most challenging part of it? The most rewarding part of my job is when we have fun together as a team, like hands down. And maybe that stems from like the high school experience, mm. but, but to me, and I have a, st- a story around this. So I travel with the G league team. That's my travel responsibility. When that season starts, I roll with the G league. We go up to Frisco, Texas, and, and that's, we have our practice facility there. We play our games there and I'm with the Mavericks every other moment, like, you know, draft and beginning of the season, end of season. But when the legend season starts, that's, that's the squad I roll with. And, and so obviously the travel isn't as glamorous and, you know, we're taking commercial flights, early morning flights. And so we have a game just up in uh, Sioux Falls, Sioux Falls, I believe it's in South Dakota. You know, they just tell me where to go and I show up for the, the flight time. <laughs> but anyway, so we, we, we fly over and we, there's a snowstorm and we're in the snowstorm and the plane, we usually fly right into Sioux Falls and the plane has to be right, redirected to Minnesota. So we're like, okay, like go to Minnesota. We're going to take a bus. This is essentially the same time. Like the bus is going to be like a two hour bus ride, which is what the flight time should have been. This is just the realities of what you, you know, you got to deal with this in November, yeah, totally. late November. So the, the weather is what the weather is up North. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, we fly into Minnesota snowstorm hasn't started yet. So we're like, okay, at least not in Minnesota. So that's why we flew into there and, and we get on the bus and we're, we're rolling on the bus and it starts just coming down. Like, like the driver at one point can't even see a foot in front of him. And I have a picture of it. Like you literally can't even see at the front window. We just have our hazard lights on and we're cruising wow. at like 10 miles an hour in some random highway from Minnesota to Sioux Falls. And, and we're going down and, and I could get to the point where we, we have to pull over some random town for the night and stay the night. Thankfully they had hotel rooms and we get out and it's, it is probably the coolest weather I've ever experienced. It was definitely below zero with the wind. And we're trying to just, as a team, we are getting off the bus and, and pulling the bags out. And it's so cold. We're just trying to throw everything into this hotel room. The bus is literally like frozen over in some parts wow. and it just looks like there's ice everywhere. And, you know, our players, <laughs> it was, it was fun. Cause you know, we're all just kind of in a sick way. It's kind of fun. We're all in this together. The players are just living it up in the back of the bus. Someone brought like a portable, like PlayStation or Xbox system that they're able to play port like on a portable level. Yeah. So, it's like a suitcase that opens up with the TV. It's pretty, so, I mean, they're entertained, entertained <laughs> by the, you know, NBA 2k and all that. Right. Anyway, get to this <laughs> hotel, spend the night. We've, it's literally been like a 12 hour travel day and we're not at the destination. We have to get up early in the morning and hopefully the snow's plowed and gone so we can make it to Sioux Falls. Anyway, we play this game. We play Sioux Falls. We end up winning at the, at the buzzer essentially wow. <laughs> by a big shot at the buzzer. We shoot the lights out in the first half. We're shooting the lights out. Most threes we've had in a half, great percentage. 
and we're just playing really well and we hold on for the win. We, I think Dakota Mathias hits the shot at the buzzer and the joy in the locker room afterwards where everyone is just like going nuts and it's just us, you know, it's just a travel party. It's just the players, a few staff members. Yeah. It's not like there's 50 people or anything. There's like max 17 of us, 20, but that the the craziness of the locker room like that's the fun for me then in in a long story that is the fun for me it's just like everyone going nuts like we rallied you know everything kind of stacked against us so you can take on that mindset snowstorm playing with little rest on a bus and playing all day like then going in playing one of the better at the time one of the better g league teams they're always talented everyone's good in the g league anyway but right road games in the g league are hard to win and just to win like that kind of early in the season and just, it just set the tone. Like, that's fun for me. That's like, that is fun. It's just like we pulled together and, and as a team, we got through it and everyone's going crazy afterwards. Oh, I bet. That was cool. Well, you know, it's again, going back to culture. I mean, when you're, I don't care what it is. If you're in an athletic culture, a workplace culture, uh, even your own family culture, when things are connected, and especially when you got some stuff stacked against you and you perform in the moment, uh, it's just a cool feeling. It's just, it's the, the sense of belonging connectedness. Like it's just, it's cool. And then guess what? That is fun. That that's, you truly get to experience joy within those moments. Yeah. And, and it's also cool. Cause I felt like with that team and this is credit to the players, like, like genuinely good people, which it always starts with, you know, our head coach, our head coach is great and starts with getting the right people in the building. And, but like the players, like they made it so easy on us last year. And there's a few moments like that. And, but the whole season was honestly so enjoyable is they just like had this genuine genuineness about them. Like it's hard to describe, but like the moments like that were the, the excitement wasn't manufactured either. It wasn't just like, Oh, we won a game. At least to me, it felt like, you know, like, we did it as like together as a team, the players themselves, like just, just so many times they stepped up at the end of the year. Like it was cool. It was, it was just very cool. So that's just like rewarding to me knowing those characteristics like are already in the guys. And yeah. What about like the most challenging part of your role? I think the most challenging part coming in from, I guess like a consultant level in a, and coming out of school, like you're taught, sessions and which is super important like how to structure it and you're taught these things you teach like but when it comes to a team it's figuring out like your role and place on a team like dude not everyone's going to want to sit down and talk to you right like the majority are not (laughs) and if they're talking they're for sure not talking to you for 50 minutes right that's that's for sure unless you have a great relationship off the bat and it's not always just being taught sports like So like the challenge becomes kind of what we were talking about earlier is being like the artist with it. The challenge becomes like, okay, first of all, what is my role on this team? How does the coach want to use me, the GM or like, how are you being used one? And how do you want to be, are they giving you the freedom to do what you want to do? Like I'm thankful for the Mavs and the legends. They let me kind of do whatever I need to do and want to do. So, so thankful for that. It's like, I can't imagine not having that autonomy. Yeah. And, but, but really the challenge is like, here's a, here's a funny story. Like when I first started DK, Don Colstein, who hired me, 
he said for the first six months with the Mavs, I don't want you to teach anyone anything. Just get to know people. So wow. like, relationships, like imagine man. that it is just, just imagine that though, you know, like there's power in that in so many levels, like you go from learning and teaching your whole time in grad school. So it's hard to turn that off Yeah. to then like, okay, I got to like build relationships, but you can't like force that. Totally. So anyway, it's just a whole different, da- it's a whole different dance you got to do. And yeah. And that's, it's challenging the sense of like, I think the challenge for me and it's, is you just want to feel part of the team too. Like you want to, you want to feel like you're contributing part of the squad, like, like in many, in more ways than one, you know, cause you just, for me, I just want to like, I just want to help out. So, but also like, I understand my role. I don't travel with the Mavericks and, and, and at least with us, like the traveling, when you travel, that's like family, you know, that's like, that's like your crew. So, um, but just using the legends, cause that's my, mo- my main experience, right? It's, yeah. it's finding, finding, it's still finding your role, even though it's a smaller staff, it's finding how you're going to deliver things to certain people, how you're going to structure it within the structure of the team already. And then figuring out what works. Cause there's no guarantee whatever you're going to do is going to work. Like, <laughs> like sometimes these, of course, you know, through time you're around, you still there's so much, you build relationships and that's the goal. That is the goal is to build the relationships, to build the trust. Cause no one's going to care what you have to say. They don't trust you. And I definitely could have done a better job my first year and, and um, still have some good relationships out of that team. But I know like also not being hard on yourself, like taking nothing you think personal people are coming in with, good days, bad days. It's just like, it becomes like a, a workplace still too. You know, you're seeing everyone every day and there's other stuff going on in other people's lives. So it's just finding that, that way of how you like finding your voice essentially in the short answer, the challenge is finding your voice within, within the team because what your voice was once before isn't always going to work how it is with the team or those certain set of individuals. Mm-hmm. And then the G league, it's almost a different roster every year. So it's a new so you're constantly learning year. new personalities, new dynamics. Yeah. And, and before you even get to mental skills, like, like true, like, you know, self-talk or strategies, yes, yeah, the relationships, but then it, it's also like helping people get in a good space before the game. What, and that's not just players, that's staff, that's all yeah, around. Totally. And it's also just learning how to operate in that environment. Like there's just so much, like there's so many, I feel like there's a lot of challenges and a lot of things you just can't really prepare for. There's going to be things thrown at you on the spot at any time, any road trip. (laughs) Like, and honestly, someone who's really helped me out with that is uh, Eric Snow and coach Snow. Eric Snow was a point guard with Cleveland, Philly, most notably like playing alongside Iverson. He's played alongside LeBron, but Eric Snow is huge, 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 huge for my career in terms of just showing the way like, you know, little things, how are people supposed to act on the bench, coaches and, and players? It's just all of that. Like just all the little nuances, the little details, how to, how to communicate certain things within the structure of a team. And not saying I didn't know that ahead of time, but just like having his guidance for, especially from a former very respected player, mm. huge, like I cannot thank him enough for that and and other staff members too i don't want to like leave people out but like just eric snow really stands out for me because he kind of like took me under his wing i felt like and he's always open and willing to talk through things and and he does the same with the players he's he's incredible that's awesome 
you know, yeah. men- mentorship is, is huge. And, and even cause you, you play basketball and you coach basketball and you get mm-hmm. the game, but it's just, it's sometimes just having somebody as your mentor to, to revisit maybe some of the basics or look at something a little bit differently, or he says a different term and it just connects. And that, that's the beautiful thing about mentorship. And we can talk uh, about the mentors that we have in our lives um, that are very impactful. Um, but with just, just due to time, I, I want to make sure I have a couple more questions here to pick your brain a little bit. Um, you and I talked about before, we've talked about how in the field of sports psychology, we as mental performance coaches, sports psychologists, PhDs, we, we all support each other. We all like go on social media, whether if we're going to hype each other up, we support a post, we push somebody's book out, push somebody's support, somebody's podcast. There's a lot mm-hmm. of good love in the field. Um, why do you think now, again, this is a general statement. Um, why do you think that you don't hear too much of the athletes promoting their mental performance coach or their sports psychologist? Because I mean, there's some that do it. Like Russell, Russell Wilson does it all day long. He's, he promotes Trevor Moad all the time. Um, but why do you think from your perspective, why do you think there's not as much of that promotion going on? I think possibly it could be just sometimes, especially athletes at that level, like taking a professional level, sometimes stuff comes up that's just very personal and it's not even really related to performance. But it is technically, but it can be some right. some more personal stuff. And so maybe just not talking about it doesn't raise questions. And, and you know, it's like our big thing is confidentiality. And so also maybe just that in general just kind of uh, sets the tone for the publicness of it. And, of course, you're going to get some certain guys that are all in, down for it. Yeah. and willing to talk and promote it. But I think it, it can be that. I think it can be kind of just not wanting to open up that conversation because I still think there's like, from a media perspective, like I've even seen t- headlines with, you know, sports shrink and stuff like yeah. that. And it's just like, until the education also from our side, from the sports psych side gets better. Cause I still feel like the education out there, what we do exactly isn't very strong always. And not a lot of people fully still grasp that. I think that's another piece is even though like when the players work with us, they have eventual understanding. This is what we do, especially when they're talking to us regularly. But in terms of that message, I think us as a whole, we can do better in terms of the general media and how it's looked at from the outside. Yeah. So I think it's like a layered thing. Right. No, and, and I hear you too. I think they're on the, they're in, they're in the spotlight and Man, if you think about all the different media channels that are out there and that all want a story, that all want to make maybe something that's really nothing, but they, they make a cool little tagline title, like you said, you know, sh- using the word shrink. Um, I, I can see that the athletes could be, you know, a little, just a little, you know, reading the defense a little bit on how much they share because you don't know what media outlet or what reporter is going to, how they're going to twist that, you know, that vulnerability piece. Yeah. Like a guy can be like, yeah, I just worked a lot on my confidence this year and it not even from a a bad way, but just to say like, yeah, just really, I work on it intentionally. 
then someone could take that and skew it as like, oh, this person wasn't confident last year. That's why they did this and this. And so it's just like, why yeah. even go down that box when you don't need to? I think someone who speaks great on it, just an example of uh, an athlete that speaks really well on it is Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon or the Langel Magic. Look at his, his articles when he's talked about it. But also Aaron has been doing this for so many years. He can confidently and talk articulately and say it with conviction and talk about the work he does in a way where it's like, this is what I do. Like, this yeah. is just what I do. This is what I, this is what I learned. This is how I live. So he, there's, there's power in the conviction too, but it comes from experience as well and having those experiences on yourself. Yeah, for sure. And, and I want to bring up here the, the NBA bubble, uh, obviously right now mm-hmm. with the tournament, um, just from your perspective, do you think, not, you know, there's, I know the NBA and I know all of the leagues out there, they're doing a really good job of trying to make, for for actually the audience and also for the players in an environment to compete in um and they're doing the best they can but when you think about the nba bubble do you think from a mental game perspective you, know, you can throw mental health in there as well but do you think that um the mental game is being more challenged being in the bubble or not you know it's tough for me to answer just because i'm not there mm. i think like the guys obviously with families that could be tough. I can say, I can just say from my own experience, the closest I've come to that is when we go to Vegas for summer league and you're in a hotel for up to 10 days. Maybe if you keep winning a little bit longer, <laughs> these are nice hotel rooms. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but eventually it's just like, all right, I'm ready to get out of here. <laughs> and, and so I'm sure there's a little bit of, of that at times. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure coaching staffs are hopefully being creative and, like you look at the map, let's just take the maps just from what I see on social media, playing pickleball, they're in the pool, playing pool, volleyball, golfing, swimming. I mean, just do what you do to try to stay together as a team and, and get through it together. And I guess you can rally around that. But just from me not being there, I'm not, I'm not really sure, but I would, I would think there's some, especially the, the more veteran guys that have families and kids. I'm sure that's tough. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Now, one of my favorite questions uh, to, to close up here, uh, it's, it's around reflection. So when you think about your whole career as an athlete, as a mental performance coach, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? Going deep on you. Me, give me a, yeah, give me a second to, <laughs> to, to think about this. Okay. I think what I've learned most about myself is really doing the personal work to find and continue to find, because I don't think I'm there yet, but always finding like my own voice and things like, like, for example, when I got with the team, you know, part of it is you got to stand on your own two feet. I can't like go run and hide behind DK when something happens or like, like he did a good job. Give me this leash, right? Like, Hey, go do, go do what you do. But I think like it's learning how to, to really like do things with conviction. And this, like, this is what I believe. And I'm, this is, this is what I believe. This is what I believe to be true. And I'm sticking by it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that from a stubborn way, but like that, that's part of like finding your own voice. So Man, I don't know if this is a good answer because it's not really a specific thing, but it's just like this this role and this like path I've chosen to go down 
has forced me to learn more about myself in just in general, like who am I, what am I about, what are my values, how do I want to live my life? And I feel like that's always evolving, but just being aware of those questions and and really thinking those things through and not just pushing that to the side, you know, yeah. like, like, cause part of it, it's just a self-discovery process. And this has led me down so many paths of, you know, like learning mindfulness, learning more, more about myself, being curious and things that I may have not done in the past. I'm still trying to get better at, but it's just, that's, that's what it is to me. And I guess yeah. the thing, the theme this year for me, I feel like is, is like this had more conviction is like before, like, you know, you, just using our work for example it's just it was knowing like i know this knowledge i have this knowledge now it's like when when it really comes time to test it like when the, when situations get real and someone's <laughs> coming to you with real advice a real crisis right. a real situation yeah like can you stand on that Big and time. but i look at that obviously that's a work but that's like life too right so yeah. that's what i feel like i've learned the most you know, and again, this, this it was your question, and I feel like I'm, I add a little bit two cents on 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 your answers, <laughs> but but it's you know you and I you know we're cut from the same cloth. We went through a lot of similar experiences, you know, obviously with some different dynamics. But you know, when you think about the role that we're in and what we do, there's there's a vulnerable piece that we're in front of people sharing our energy and our thoughts, and it can be vulnerable. It can be scary sometimes, depending on who you're talking to and what you're talking about. But one of the things that I've learned about myself through this is self, self acceptance. And as much as that I've been in front of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people throughout my like professional, when I say professional workplace life, uh, life, man, there's some times where I'm sitting there in front of 16 year olds, 17 year olds doing this work. And, and I'm worried about whatever, like I start getting in my head because I'm not accepting myself. And I've had to go through my self-discovery. I literally had, there was a point in my early in my career, I would sit in my car and I would have to like tell myself, you are free to be who you are. You are free to fail and you're free to, to be vulnerable in the moment and go do your shit. Like show them how special you are. But I've had to like right. talk myself through it because I had to go through some, some stages to accept myself and, and know that this work is not for everyone but it's for me and it's, and, and I feel connected to it. Right. Cause that's the, that's another big thing. And I'm just taking this answer to go also back into the challenges of, of working within a team. And I think this is important for people to know And it. If you really like, I think a lot of people want to work for a professional team and, but like, it's like what you said is not everyone is going to rock with you. Right. Like they're not. And they might not say it to your face, but it's just, it's just a, it's a common thing. Like it's like the same way the whole roster isn't going to rock with it. Yeah. And that's just part of the deal, but you still got to go up and do your thing. You never know when that moment's going to come and you, you're going to go up there knowing like, look, I know some of these people aren't into this and don't want to hear a word I'm going to say. But also I, I, that's also another reason my philosophy, I don't really do team presentations. Right. But anyway, that's a whole other path. We don't need to go down that path, but you know, and, <laughs> And it's, it's, it's also working with a team. Let me say this one last thing on it. Cause this is important. Yeah. It's you got to, if you travel full time, which is the best way to get connected with the team too, and feel like you're really in it when you travel. Yeah. But that takes a toll on other areas of your life. 
you know, whether you have kids at home, a family, or just a girlfriend, like that's, that's another thing. Cause you'll be gone multiple times. Like we have 50 games in the G league. So I'm going to be on 25 road trips, essentially like yeah, 25 away games. And so like our long, like I was like gone the whole month of December last year. Just, wow. just cause that's when our, a lot of road trips fell. So yeah. that's just another thing to consider. Like it's, it's can be lonely. Like you're just in the hotel room. Like not everyone's going to want to hang out either. So <laughs> like, this is part of it. Yeah. Self-discovery, right? <laughs> no doubt. So that's just part of it. it. It looks like glamour sometimes on the outside, but it's just, it's just something to be aware of. Yeah. That's a good point, man. Now, how can my listeners, how can they follow you on social media? How can they connect with you? And, and what, what else is going on with Mike? What are some cool things you're, you're getting into? So you can do social media. You can find me on social media at mental buckets. That's on Instagram and Twitter. I'm not that active on both in terms of posting. Not yet. At least I'll probably try to step that up sooner than later. Uh, website in the works, but that'll be mentalbuckets.com. But also I have, I do have my own podcast with my co-host, Packy Turner, who's a basketball skills coach and with up basketball, they, they uh, essentially sponsor it. It's his company, but it's under that umbrella, I guess. So, <laughs> so uh, mental buckets is the name of the podcast. We interview mostly right now, basketball players, but we've, we've had my head coach on there. DK is on there. Um, Don Kalkstein the sports psych director of sports psych for the Mavs. And he's worked with the Rangers too, and the Red Sox, but we have episodes on there just hearing other people's perspectives, um, their journey, the kind of similar lessons they've learned and also train the mind, train the mind.com have some videos up there alongside. I think you got a video up there, right? I've got a couple in there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you got some videos up there. There's a lot of mental coaches on there uh, sharing some knowledge. So yeah, that's, that's what's, what's in the works. All right. Well, I encourage all my listeners to check out Mental Buckets, um, which is really cool is that when I, w- when I was uh, in my grad program, Mike and I were, we were putting our podcast together. And so it's kind of cool to, you know, for both of us to, to go through this, this journey, this path that we've taken, and then taking some of the, these projects that we were working on three, four years ago, and now we're, we're realizing it. So to me, man, this has been really cool um, to to get on here, share our stories, our thoughts together, uh, kind of share our, our paths. And, um, and hopefully somebody out there, if there's a mental performance coach or somebody that's in, in a grad program, I uh, hope they can take something from, from our lessons and our journey, man. So thank you for your, your time and your energy today, man. Of course. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Long time coming. Yeah, you bet. <laughs>